Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the premiere of my blog talk radio show, Oralingus with Timber Dalton. I'm your host, Timber Dalton, and I've got my poor, loving husband, the world's greatest husband, working the phones for me tonight. So if you call in, you're going to be talking to Warren. Um, tonight, we're going to be jumping around to a wide variety of topics, uh, including the fiasco that is currently Dancing with the Stars, Life with Dogs, and... Okay, I don't know if I need to start again. I just had a blog talk radio uh, little promo in my ear. So, I don't know what's... I'm getting backlash through my uh, microphone. What's going on? Um, Let's see. Oh, I see what's going on. I guess I need to mute that. There we go. (laughs) Sorry about that. First show, I get a little technical glitch. Um, Okay, I was getting feedback in my my, uh, headset there. Okay. What was I saying? A fiasco that was dancing with the stars. Um, two words, Bristol Palin. Oh, my God. Uh, we're also going to be talking about life with dogs, fibromyalgia, and as I promised you, one of the world's greatest mysteries, why do cockroaches flip upside down when they die? I've been doing some research on this because it's been bugging the crap out of me, and would you believe it? It's one of those things that when you plug it into Google, it actually comes up as a pre-done search, so it means I'm not the only one that's been asking this question. Um, to start with a little bit about me, for those of you who don't know me, um, that have just managed to stumble across the show, I'm Timber Dalton. I am currently published with four different houses. Uh, my most recent release is called Bite Mares. It's the second in the Deep Space Mission Core series. It's released through Siren Bookstrand. You can find that at sirenbookstrand.com. Um, oh, did everybody set their clocks back? Obviously, if you made it here on purpose, you did. It's currently 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here in Chile, Southwest Florida. Uh, I'm not going to do the math for wherever you are because I'm a writer, not a mathematician. That's why I do the writing. Um, also, one thing this that's very important, and this is a little safety message here, uh, make sure those of you who have smoke detectors and CO2 detectors in your house, replace your batteries. If you don't, get some. Uh, I just bought a brand new one at... Uh, Wally World today for like 13 bucks for a smoke detector, so they're pretty cheap. They do recommend that you replace them every few years, and you, like I said, you can get them for even cheaper than that. I don't know if I'd want to get the bargain discount smoke detector or not, considering what it's supposed to do, but hey, you know. Um, what else here? I'm going through my list. Let's see. Oh, I'm going to be giving away a prize to a lucky listener tonight. So make sure that you stick around because, of course, I'm going to do it at the end of the show. I'm not going to do it, you know, right now because then everybody's going to go, well, we had the food and we're not going to stay for the speech. So, you know, my mama didn't raise no fool. Um, But, no, seriously, I'm going to give away a prize. I've got some great viewer mail that's been sent in, and I want to make sure that I answer those questions for everybody that was nice enough to send stuff in. Um. Let's see. Oh, oh! I just got an email the uh, the 
about an hour or so ago from one of the review sites, More Than Make Believe. My uh, mail mail release from Captiva Press is on the Dark Divas site, is up for a belated Book of the Month poll for July. They were doing some site construction, I guess. I'll put the uh, post up on the chat room here shortly. DarkDivasReviews.com backslash poll.php. Please, 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 please. This is me shamelessly begging for votes. I would really appreciate it. Um, let me get that link posted real fast here for you in the chat room. Now that I figured out how to turn the other thing off so I don't have stuff in my bed. Where'd my chat room go? <laughs> Guess it helps if I actually log into the chat room, doesn't it? I'll get the hang of this by next week. I promise. I promise. Where'd my chat room go? Here we go. I'm back. There's the chat room. Hello, chat room. Okay, that's the link. I just posted it in the chat room. So what you can do is you go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Timber Dalton, which you're probably already here if you're listening to me right now. Click on the link for the current episode, my premiere, Oralingus with Timber Dalton, premiere. And on the bottom of that page, you're going to see the little pop-up chat room. You can log in right there, and uh, it'll put you right in there. Say hello to the chat peeps. Hello, chat peeps. Okay, switchboard. I don't have anybody on there, so I'm good there. Okay, you got to love a premiere episode. We're working all the kinks out. Uh, let's see, a little bit of trivia. Um, oh, I was looking through stuff today. My favorite, 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 favorite TV show, The Big Bang Theory. I discovered this belatedly over the summer, and I immediately bought the first two seasons on DVD. Uh, then I got the third season when it came out, and I'm actively watching the fourth season now. I am Sheldon in many ways, not most of the obnoxious ways, but I do have my spot. <laughs> it's number one. I was so happy. And then another show that I really love, which I was surprised that I'd like, is the bleep my dad says. Of course, if the bleep is shit my dad says, the guy had a, uh, I guess, a Twitter account, and it got famous. He also put it on his website, and basically he got a TV show. I said, dude, shit my dogs say, but then people would just think I'm psychotic. But anyway, the one thing I noticed is that when I was looking at the entertainment site, HollywoodReporter.com, some of the shows, I guess they follow the college BCS Bowl rating system for teams because some of the shows that had higher numbers of viewers actually were lower in the rankings. Like, Bleep My Dad says is at number five with 10.9 million viewers. And right above it at number four is The Office with 7.6 million viewers. So I'm not sure how they're working those numbers, but okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Let's see. Uh, what else did I want to have on those? Um, let's see. Okay. Um, that one's over. So what are we talking about tonight? Um, real quick, I've got last count, I think, 29 books published under all my various pen names. One of the questions that was asked to me, and I actually do have a point for this. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Regina S. I'm not going to say your last name, honey, because I don't know if you want it said on the air. Hi, Timber. First, I love, 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 love your books. Thank you. You're so sweet. I was thrilled to find out you had written three under different names. I just wondered, why do you have pseudonyms when you're very popular under your known name? Sorry if the question is too personal. I just wonder. Thanks. 
Thank you for the uh, the letter, Regina, for the question. And the reason why originally, I guess I write is Leslie Richardson and Timber Dalton. Um, originally, we weren't sure if it was going to pose a problem for my husband's employer, and it turned out by the time I was published under both of those pen names, we realized his employer could care less what I write. So most everything has been under Timber. Um, Tessa Monroe and Macy Largo are my other two pen names writing for uh, Siren Bookstrand, and they were special invitation series that the publisher asked me to join in, and they said we want to do these, and a bunch of different people um, actually wrote for these series, and they did them under different pen names. Now, some of the authors did want their pen names to be revealed, and some didn't, and Siren came to me and said, okay, we're ready to reveal, you know, who people are, did you want us to reveal or did you just want to stay, you know, as Macy and Tess? I'm like, no, I don't, that's fine, you know, and I was contractually, um, you know, asked to let them be the ones that actually reveal the pen name. So I know some people, um, not in this case, I've heard some people talk about other writers before that have a ton of pen names and they wondered why they do it. Now, I can't speak for why other writers do it. Um, in this case, it really, I mean, I like to write and it, it didn't really bother me you know, one way or the other, if, if they had said, no, we're never revealing these pen names, I would have been, well, you know, okay, that's fine, too. Um, but it was for, I was really kind of, I had a lot of fun writing for these special collections. It, it made me have to think outside the box a little bit. Um, I do have another one that I'm working on right now is Tessa Monroe, um, but it's not finished yet. I've kind of gotten a little bit behind in my writing this year with some of my health problems, which we'll talk about. The joys of fibromyalgia later, and I would like to hear from anybody that's got fibro. Um, if you want to chime in, feel free. Uh, it's, it's definitely been a learning curve, especially since we've got the diagnosis now. In some ways, it's been fun. In some ways, it's been a relief. In some ways, it's been like, oh, oh crap. So I'm sure those of you who have fibro know what I'm talking about. Um, let's see. Uh live in Southwest Florida with, as I said, my husband, the world's greatest husband. That's I call him that in all my, my books. I refer to him as the world's greatest husband trademark because he is. Uh, we've been married 13 years now, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Love you, honey. <laughs> he's answering phones for me, like I said tonight. So he's, he, When you call in, he's going to be screening the calls. We have four dogs, and that's going to be another topic of discussion tonight, life with dogs. We had um, six dogs. Earlier this year, we lost one April 1st, Holly, uh, during cancer surgery, our black lab. She's actually the mother of one of our other dogs. And we lost Tessa, our oldest, a golden retriever, six weeks later. And losing both of them actually was, um, if you've read uh, Acquainted with the Night, the, I put the author's note at the end of that for a reason. There's actually a backstory there that I, I kind of got the idea for Acquainted with the Night um, through part of my grief process with losing our two fur babies. Um, hi, Michael. Michael, you're going to be good. You're going to be good, Michael. Okay, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm trying to uh, multitask here. I've got Michael in the uh, chat room. So, yes, Michael, you, I know you're going to be good. Um, <laughs> um, so, losing Holly and Tessa, that that played a part in how I wrote Acquainted with the Night. And I, and I was really nervous when I turned Acquainted with the Night and to Siren because I'm thinking, A, it, it was for me to say that I've written something that's pretty out there. I told my husband when I, when I, I said, I've got this idea and I'm not sure if I should write it or not. And he goes, why? I said, because it's out there. And his eyebrow arched and he goes, well, if you're saying that, it really is out there. I'm like, yeah. 
And uh, those of you who read the book know what I'm talking about. I mean, basically, the short version is these men, um, the Earth men are, it's futuristic sci-fi. They're abducted by, during a alien war by the aliens, and they're turned into breeders. And they're not studs. They're the egg layers. And I will let you read the book to figure out how they become egg layers. Let's just say that they do enjoy the process. And... <laughs> I went ahead and he's like, well, you can write the book because you're going to write it anyway. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. So then after I, I got the first draft and I ran it by one of my beta testers that I trust a lot. Hi, Olga. I hope you're out there. Um, and she's like, yeah, I liked it. So I was like, okay, well, and I I polished the draft and sent it in and they, and Siren accepted it. God bless them. And so the rest is history. As you know, it's been out for about three or four months, I think. Um, and it, like I said, it was definitely out there. It was it's a male, 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 male. <laughs> like there's four main male characters, and then there's a couple other male characters that come in from time to time. So um, it was it, it was the first one I've written. That's just so. I mean, I've written male, male before, but there were just so many male characters, and usually I write menages that it's you know two guys and a girl or three guys and a girl. Um, so that was that was definitely interesting. Um, Oh, I'm taking guitar lessons, and I'm celebrating my first perpetually 39th uh, birthday this year. And I decided, you know what, I, I tried to play piano when I was younger, and I just could not sight read. I, that was my biggest stopping point. I just could not sight read. And somehow playing guitar has been a lot easier. Um, you know, I'm getting to the point where I, I – I mean, I'm doing okay. Um, my teacher says that he really thinks I'm pretty good, but I don't think I'm pretty good. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And, no, I'm not going to play guitar for anybody tonight, so I'm going to spare you that uh, torture. I'm sadistic, but I'm not cruel. <laughs> um, writing. Let's see. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I've had a pretty slow year with the writing because uh, starting in the spring, um, had some health problems. Um not going to talk about all of them, but the biggest one basically was uh, I've I've had arthritis for years, what I thought was arthritis, and it turns out my doctor diagnosed me going on about two months ago with fibromyalgia, and it was actually um, some massive uh, <laughs> boo, Michael. Sorry, what? That I'm not going to play guitar? Um, <laughs> why are you booing me, Michael? And uh, I I just decided that I needed to go. To the doctor and get this taken care of. My husband's like, you need to go. You need to go. And so my doctor is actually the one that he said, I think you've got fibro. And I'm like, okay, I've heard of this, but what is it? I was hoping he was just going to do a bunch of tests and say, yeah, your thyroid's out of whack. Here's a pill. You know, get out of my office. And he's like, no, actually, all your test results are pretty good. If everybody was as healthy as you are, I'd be out of business. I'm like, well, then why do I feel like crap? And hardly can get out of the uh, um, bed some days. I mean, I would drag myself out of bed and take care of the dogs, take care of as much of the household chores as I could. And then my husband would come home and basically find me laying in bed watching TV, which is, if if you know me, that's not me. I mean, that's, I think, one of the reasons why he was so worried. He's like, I know you're not, you're not normal. Go, go get, you know, go get checked out. And I was put on Cymbalta, which for me, luckily, has been wonderful. It's helped with a lot of my symptoms. It doesn't help with all the pain. And in fact, we're having some cold weather right now. I've had a, a pretty bad flare the past couple of days with my pain. And I actually took a nap this afternoon. So I'd be awake for all my, all my little pervy uh, radio talk, uh, talk radio peeps tonight. I didn't want to fall asleep on you. Uh, so 
anyway, the Cymbalta's really helped me a lot. Uh, one of the side effects I'm having, actually, is decreased appetite, which, yay, because I need to lose about 30 pounds. And, uh, <laughs> no, I seriously need to lose about 30 pounds to put myself into a more healthy um, weight range. So, anyway, um, if anybody's got fiber and wants to chime in, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to... Uh, either call in or chime in with the chat or with the email um, if you want to. It's, uh, let's see, looking, oh, I've got another, I just got another, I got another note from Dark Deep Reviews. Acquainted with the Night is up for the Book of the Month poll for August. So I have two books of the month. I have one for their July poll, which is belated, and one for their belated August poll. So if you've already gone and voted for Bite Me or for um, More Than Make Believe at the Dark Diva Review site, please go back and also find the one for August and vote for Acquainted with the Night, too, because it's up. Yay! That's cool. Live on the air here. Okay. Let's see. Next topic. I don't want to dwell on that for too long. Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my God. All right. Bristol Palin, I I don't know. I feel sorry for the poor girl. But when the first time they announced her as, as teen advocate, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that probably took some PR team about three weeks of pounding their heads against a you know, whiteboard to come up with that term for her because, oh, my God, why don't they just say the daughter of Sarah Palin? Because I mean I'm not going to get into <laughs> not going to get into politics here as far as that, but it's like the girl cannot dance. I mean, last week they voted off. Well, two weeks in a row now they have voted people off that are far better dancers than Bristol Palin. And yes, it is definitely time for her to go home. I mean, I'm sorry the the girl. I feel sorry for her that you know she's had a rough time of it. But I mean, this is that whole thing a few seasons ago. Was it the the daddy or pup daddy or whatever is the the rapper guy that filled in because his son was supposed to be there and the son broke the ankle and I can't and I cannot for I mean he was a nice guy and all but it's like because his son was so popular everybody kept voting for him and he stayed behind for for you know so many times and and really good dancers were voted off and then the next season they changed the rules to help make the judges scores have a little bit more weight but now we're seeing another I think next season they're going to be changing the rules again, you know, because they're going to call it the Bristol Palin rule because this is just ridiculous. I'm sorry. There is no, I mean, even Florence Henderson danced better than she did. I'm sorry, but she did. Florence Henderson, she was a hoot to watch. I mean, she was really funny. I mean, you know, (laughs) from a chat room, Michael says she's probably doing that from being ridden by Seabiscuit. (laughs) Okay. Now I don't want to, bash Bristol Palin other than for her dancing, but I don't want to make comments about her her lifestyle or anything. I mean, the girl is trying to redeem herself or her mother's making her redeem herself or whatever she's doing. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) she definitely needs to go, though. So if you watch Dancing with the Stars, you need to call in and vote. And who you vote for is vote for anybody but Bristol Palin. Whoever gets the lowest scores other than Bristol Palin, call in and vote for them because they're going to be the next one axed if Bristol is still on there. So they need to just, you know, they need to get rid of Bristol. Uh, time for her to go home. Okay, let's see. Do, 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 next topic. If you want to call in, 
The call-in number is area code 310-861-2348. You're listening to Oral Ingus with Timber Dalton on Blog Talk Radio. Of course, if you're listening, you probably already know this. Uh, <laughs> Thursday is going to be our next uh our next episode, and we're going to be talking Thursday, this coming Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, we're going to be talking about BDSM, and this is a chance for you to get your questions answered. I've done a lot of research in the lifestyle. I have a lot of friends in the lifestyle, um, and I know there's a lot of people that that always kind of whispering these questions. Well, you you write about this stuff, yeah. Well, 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 and you can see they just they have a ton of questions they want to ask and they're embarrassed. Well, nobody can see your face. You can make up a username for the chat room. Yes, but on Veterans Day, Michael. Yeah, happy Veterans Day, buddy. <laughs> That's right. There's your Veterans Day. Don't ever say I don't do anything for you, Michael. Um, <laughs> we're going to be um, talking about BDSM, different things. Say. Like, all the questions that you wanted to know, if you want to email me a question because you don't really want to say it on the air and admit to uh, asking it, feel free to email it at timberdalton at gmail.com. That's timber with a Y, T-Y-M-B-E-R, Dalton at gmail.com. Um, let's go back to the mailbag. Let's see. This one is from Tracy Ann. I just finished your Love Slave for Two series. Loved it. Thank you. I love you guys. God, I have the world's best readers. I really do. You guys are fantastic. Let's see. Um, I have also enjoyed your Bite series. I hope and pray we will see more from both series. I am now a member of your newsletter. I cannot wait to read the rest of your books under both names. Thanks for working so hard and giving us such great books to read. Sincerely, Tracy Ann. Thank you, Tracy Ann. Um, I am working on more books in the Love Slave for Two series. There's going to be two more books I'm working on which is technically book four of the series, but it's book number three because there's a prequel. So the numbering gets kind of weird. Um, book three, it picks up exactly where book two left off. Book three is going to be much lighter in tone. I think the, remember the Robin Williams movie RV uh, meets Love Slave for Two. So that'll give you an idea of the tone. It's going to be funny. I mean, there's going to be some serious moments in there, but they're going to be taking a cross-country trip from Florida to Washington. Um, to a book convention is where they're going to end up. I can tell you, I don't want to give you too much information because I don't want to give you spoilers. Um, I will say that somebody from Tyler's past does make a, a appearance, so you're going to want to read that. And I've had a lot of questions. Surprisingly, the the older sister um, Emily about whether she finds love or not, or whether or not you know she divorces Clay. If Clay finds love. It you know I really honestly hadn't thought that far. I've had people asking about Tyler's dad, if he has a love interest, if something develops with him. Well, I'm not going to say because that would fall into the realm of spoilers one way or the other. And I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. I just don't want there to be spoilers. Uh, As far as the uh, Deep Space Mission Core series, which is Love at First Bite and um, Bite Mares, uh, there's going to be right now I have at least two more books planned for that series. Um, and they all the the next one is called Spider Bite B I G H T. Um, book four is tentatively titled Out of Bite Out of Mind. Of course, all B I G H T. It's all a play off of the Tamara Bite, the ship name that they're on. Um, a little bit about book three is the uh, the crew of the Tamara Bite is called in to help 
a alien race with a um, an SOS on one of their ships, and the planet is run by a matriarchal society where basically they're a resort for these other all these other you know planets. People come there to vacation, and men are slaves on that planet. So Emmy is thrust into the position of basically having to act as the captain of the ship for their duration of their visit to the planet. And they're required by the the Deep Space Mission Corps to, you know, do this mission. So the men, of course, the twins, you know the twins are going to get in trouble. It's not their fault in this case. So uh, they're going to uh, – okay, I, A.J. Johnson, I see your question on the chat room. I'll get to you in just a minute. I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm multitasking. So I will get to you in just a minute. But um, the twins, of course, get into some trouble, and Emmy basically has to literally fight for her men. So you guys are going to like that one. Um, in the fourth one, out of bite, out of mind, they actually have to take on a um, a fifth crew member as a science emissary, and um, he causes them some problems. So not as not as a romantic partner, I can tell you that much. But uh, there's actually going to be that. That's going to be when I'm going to get some people yelling at me for um, when I write that one because I'm I can already tell when I cry when I write scenes from it. I know that that I'm going to get yelled at by some readers. So. Uh, just be warned that one is good. That one's still a ways away, though. Um, okay. Um, going to the uh, the Triple Trouble series. Aja Johnson's asking on the chat room. I love your Triple Trouble series. Any hint as to when we can expect a new one? I have more in the works for the Triple Trouble series. That's the Lyle Brothers Shapeshifters through Siren Bookstrand. Um, that series actually took a side turn. <laughs> Um, because I wrote a, I was invited to be part of a collection um, through Siren Book Strand, the Alexander Dragon Shifters is what happened, and that was um, uh, that was not steam, that was Boiling Point in the Tasty Treats Volume Three collection. Well, then I wrote a sequel to that one called Steam, and um, Brody Lyle makes an appearance in that one. Now that book picks up right where Boiling Point leaves off, but it's actually a prequel to Trouble Comes in Threes, which is the first one in the Lyle Brothers series. So, and you can read them out of order. So, I mean, you can read the Triple Troubles series that I have out right now and then go back and read the two that I've already put out. That won't mess you up. But what I am doing right now, I have in the works, I'm working on a bridge book between Steam and Trouble Comes in Threes. That is going to explain a lot of the backstory that won't make any sense if I just put out book four um, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen in book four that relates to stuff that happens in that timeline gap. Because remember, the, the first three books in the Triple Trouble series take place over just a couple of months. Um, so, And then Steam takes place about three years before Trouble comes in three. So there's actually a time gap there because the Alexander brothers and Lena – um, and Zach and all of them are all going to make a new appearance. And Kale, we're going to have Kale and Kale, so that's going to be fun. I love how my characters screw with my head when they do stuff like that. I was like writing like when we had Kale and a Kale. We have Casey and Brody, of course. Brody's voice narks up in my head. We got KNC. All we need now is the Sunshine Band. And that's how that line came about from Steam. <laughs> but So, yeah, we have Kale with a C and Kale with a K in from book four on together again. Um and all those characters together, you need the backstory. And I know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry that I'm keeping you waiting. I'm so sorry. I did not intend to have such a, um, such a, uh, a an abrupt 
you know, stopping point and then not get back to it sooner. But then when everything else started happening, it seemed like, okay, I have to write the bridge book or everybody's really going to hate me because nobody's going to know what's going to happen. So you're going to get a lot of backstory about the Alexander Dragon Brothers and um, what happens, of course, in, in the three years from when uh, the events at Yellowstone and Steam to when um, Brody and Kale get their first sniff of, of um, Elaine at the uh, Arcadia Highland Festival. So it covers all of that. And um, I will give you one little spoiler, is that we are going to have a pregnancy in book four. I'm not going to tell you who. You're going to have to read the book for that. There is going to be a pregnant character. <laughs> um, the bridge book is still a couple of months from completion, at least. Like I said, I kind of got slowed down over the summer with my health issues, but I am getting back in the swing of things and getting caught up. So um, we are. I'm, I'm working on that, and, and once I get that done, I'll get that submitted to my publisher. And then you know, once they give me a, yeah, we like it, and they're going to take it, then I'll be able to give everybody an approximate time frame from that point on, but it's going to be at least a couple more months before I finish it. Cause it's going to, it's fairly extensive. It's going to be a long book, um, but it's going to overlap and you're going to meet some other characters. You're going to see a little bit of, of Baba Yaga's backstory actually, and her sisters, um, Calic and um, one of her other sisters. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I've, I've really gotten into it and the characters have taken over again. So when they take over, I know it's going to be a good book. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the, this one's from Michael, the, e the email bag. Uh, Timber, from all accounts, many who are fans of yours see The Reluctant Dom as your best and most popular work. Do you feel that it is your signature piece, and what could you do to top it? And thank you, Michael. I love you, sweetie. Uh, yes, I do consider um, The Reluctant Dom to be the, the piece that I am most proud of, and I'll tell you why, I've taken some flack from some people for Reluctant Dawn. People that usually, it's people that either A, don't understand BDSM, or they are what we kind of call one two wayos. And yes, those are little W's stuck in there because they they think that you did something different than what they're used to. So it it's different, so it doesn't count. Um so uh, let's see which question. Okay, my husband just said I have a question on the which question, honey. Yeah, and I answered it. I did. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. My producer, he's my Roz. Oh, don't get me sidetracked on Fraser. Um, I love Fraser. Um, reluctant Dom. I've caught some flack including one incident that I won't even going into, but those of you who are good fans of mine probably know what incident I'm talking about with one site that I should have known better, and this is now why I have the rule that I don't respond to reviews. Um, well, I don't respond to, you know, anything that's not, you know, a quote-unquote good review, and it's not that I it, – it's not that reviews that are critical bother me if they are critical for the right reasons. Um Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, Shitterly. Thank you there I've, on the, in the uh, chat room. I hope I'm saying that right, Shitterly, Shitterly. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Um, thank you, appreciate it. Um, yeah, I. The reluctant dom. Let me start back up a little bit. The reluctant dom came about in November of 2008. My grandmother, who I was very close to, she had a heart attack in the first week of December of 2007, and she refused a triple bypass. She was completely um, with her mind. She knew what she wanted. She's like, 
I don't want a triple bypass. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I don't want it. I'll just take my chances. And so we knew it was a matter of when and not if. And I had lost, this is my mother's mother, and I had lost my you know, biological um, father's parents earlier, but I wasn't really close to them. And my paternal grandmother died when I was like six or seven. So that was kind of different. Um, I had an uncle that died when I was real young too, but I was very close to my grandmother. And so when she died on May 10th of 2008, the day before my birthday, which that year, May 11th was actually Mother's Day. My birthday falls on Mother's Day every few years. And so she died the day before my birthday and the day before Mother's Day. Um, and I basically, I withdrew for quite a while. I mean, my husband would go to work. I, I, the, the week after she died, um, I spent that whole week literally sitting at my computer pounding out a very dark, um, bloody book. It's one of the books in my um Brimstone Vampire series is actually like book five in the series. So I've skipped ahead and I wrote that one. So I need to finish writing the others. Um, but I mean, it, it was dark. It was very bloody beheadings. I mean, just very vicious, vicious. And that's how I mean, my husband would, would go to work at seven o'clock in the morning and come home at seven o'clock at night. And I'd still be at the computer and he'd come out at, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. I'd still be at the computer. And that's how I dealt. And a few weeks later, as I started kind of, and I, I was very numb. Um, I wrote Love Slave for Two. So, and I called that one my fun book, which that was the first book that, um, actually that was the second book that I contracted to Sire. And the first book I contracted to him was actually Cross Country Chaos, uh, as Leslie Richardson. Um, and that's a whole other story I can get to if I even have time to get to it. Um, Love Slave for Two, I, I, I emailed him. I said, you know, would you be interested in this, like, a menage with, Two guys and a girl. Uh, yeah, we'd be interested. <laughs> so I sent it to him, and they took it, and said, "Woo!" Um, so, th so that whole series was born from that. But then, come November, is our first uh, holiday season without my grandmother. And Thanksgiving, we always did Thanksgiving at her house. She made these fantastic red velvet cakes with cream cheese frosting, and she was we we jokingly called her the good cooker. I mean. Florida cracker lady, she could cook. I mean, she could cook the heck out of anything. And we always went to her house for Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, everything. And uh, that's when it started hitting home. And I started, you know, I dealt with it the way that I deal with things is I write. And so I went basically back into my, you know, kind of withdrawal mode and uh, started writing. And I started sending... um you know, excerpts to uh, my editor at the time, um, Steffi McGrath, who's also one of my editors at um, at Captiva Press. That's one of the reasons why I got involved with Captiva Press. And I said, what do you think? And she wrote me back. She's like, why didn't you warn me not to put mascara on before I read this? So we dubbed it the Mascara Free Edit. And every morning I would send her excerpts of what I'd written the night before, the day before. And the whole book, start to finish, took me about three weeks. And the, the draft that I turned in was pretty much the same as the finished product. I mean, we, we cleaned up some some stuff, obviously. But, I mean, some books, you know, you do some massive um, changes, you know, throughout the book, you know, and edits and stuff. But basically, for the most part, it was as is. And um, 
it, it, the reason why I wrote the book as Seth, Seth's point of view, is because I was Seth. Um, it wasn't a matter of if she was going to die. It was a matter of when. And so I, I totally understood Seth's point of view. Yeah, Seth was losing Caden, and yeah, there was other stuff involved. Leah's character is very complex, and I I take exception with people that portray Leah as a victim because I did go out of my way to make sure people understood Leah is a strong character outside the context of her marriage, which she is willingly in. She's a very strong person. Caden even makes mention of that. He says, you know, you see how she deals with those you know, old farts on the nonprofit. She's a ball buster because she is. But in her personal life, she lets Caden and, of course, Seth see her private pain and how she used to deal with it was by cutting and burning herself. And there actually are people out there who self-inflict injury upon themselves as a coping mechanism. Now, some of them are cutters and burners. And, you know, there's other things that people do. And I'm not saying everybody that's in BDSM does this, because that is not the case either. And I'm not saying that, yeah, you should do BDSM as a as a side path, but I actually have talked to people. Uh, a good friend of mine is, he's in his late 60s, early 70s. He's a dom. He's been in the lifestyle for, I'd say, at least 30, 40 years, probably. And he actually knew somebody that he helped her stop cutting herself through BDSM transferring because it's for some people, and again, I'm not making blanket statements that everybody is like this. Some people deal with inner pain by using outer pain as a way to get through it. And in Leah's case, I mean, she was not based on a real person, but the instances certainly were there. And after Reluctant Nom was released, I actually had uh, a couple of people who are, are in the BDSM lifestyle um, 24-7 as slaves. And one lady was a cutter and another was a burner. And they said that, thank you for writing this because this is basically pretty accurate. Um, you know, there's going to be some people that go, well, you know, I don't know anybody that, that practices BDSM like this. Well, I have a lot of friends in the BDSM lifestyle and a lot of them do practice BDSM in a very similar way. Not everybody is a the extreme edge of the scale. I know people who are in the BDSM who basically they do a little slap and tickle, if that, in the bedroom, but it's all about the dominant submission dynamic to them. It's they're, they're either submissive or slave to their partner, but they don't do impact play, so they're not into pain. I know people who are total pain sluts that you watch them, as, as another friend of my joke, you know, he wants to be the one that when a newbie watches him play, they come up with three new hard limits within the first 30 seconds, you know, that they didn't even know that they have. That's the kind of guy that he is when he plays. And, you know, so you're going to have people on that end of the spectrum, too, and even people that are more of an edge player than he is, and he's a pretty hardcore player. And you got a lot of people who are somewhere in the middle. They might not do any dominance or submission, and they just like to be spanked. They might like to be came. They might like to be tied up but not spanked. They might like, you know, there's 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 no way to say what everybody likes. So for somebody to tell me, well, I don't know anybody that plays like that, well, then you must know millions of people because, you know, of all the people in the world, you know, you can't know everybody. Um, you know, so now if you're obviously, if you're, in Southwest Florida, there's going to be a different kind of scene here than, say, in San Francisco when you're dealing with the, the gay leather daddy scene. Yeah, they're going to play differently. 
And I guarantee you people, when you have groupings of, you know, straight people in San Francisco, they may play differently than the gay leather daddies play. So, you know, people in New York are going to play different. People in the Midwest are going to play different. You know, so wherever you are, it's very, that it really, it, it I have to bite my tongue just about clearing through when somebody says, well, I don't know anybody that plays like that. Because I really want to say, well, how many people do you know in this world? How many people do you know in the scene? Um because when I turned the, the manuscript in, um, I actually had a friend of mine who is a writer um, that the manuscript for me, and he is a lifestyle dominant. And he said he actually knew a couple that was in a very similar situation about um, 20 years ago where the husband was dying and he had to find his wife a new master. You know, and it's it's nice for people to say, well, you know, people shouldn't. This isn't the right lifestyle for people to live. Well, you know what? That's a personal call. You know, for somebody to make if somebody's happy living in that lifestyle and they're in there consensually, then I'm not going to say it's wrong. As long as you have consenting human adults, I always joke about that. People say, "Well, what else would you have?" Well, you know, the people that are in the bestiality and stuff. I mean, that's not a human because they can't consent. So, <laughs> you know, so if you have a consenting human adult, whatever you want to do is fine. I mean, it, it seriously is, and that that is one thing where we'll get a little political. I think the government should stay out of our bedrooms if you got human consenting adults involved. So, there's my political rant for the night. Um, but so that's how Reluctant Dom came about. And yes, uh, Tony is eventually going to get his own story. I've had people asking about that. It's in the works. Um, and Tony from the Reluctant Dom and Dom I default are the same Tony, and they're based on my friend, who's the writer. I that was a little homage to him. Um, let's see, <laughs> Michael, I'm at the Nerf baseball bat end of the spectrum, honey. Oh, sweetie, you're so sweet, but I guarantee you, I know people that said they were like that and they were hardcore players within six months. So you say that now, but trust me, you find the right person to play with and they'll get you to the far edge of the spectrum really fast. So, <laughs> um, okay, back to the mailbag. Let's see. Okay, do, 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 do. Okay, this is from Ferretta. Hi, so excited to attend. My question is, any idea about when you might be writing the connector book to the Dragon and Triple Trouble stories? Any idea when you will start the next one after the third Triple Trouble book? Side note, they are two of my favorite series. I must have read them at least six times. Can't wait to read more. Thank you, Beretta. You're so sweet. Um, we already did cover that. Um, on Well, I don't know if I actually gave you a time frame on there. Or not. Um, it's going to be a few months at least. I'm still working on it. So, I just want to make sure I do it right because I hate it when I read a series and you can see where the author missed something and they kind of screwed up their series and you catch it and you go, ah! So I want to make sure, uh, I guess, you know, get it done. Let's see. Uh, from the chat room, Retta Lindy, I'm very, very vanilla, but I still enjoy your stories. I love the way you let readers get into the story. So thank you. Well, thank you, Retta. Um, I appreciate that. And, and it's about when I put a book out, I want people to read it and lose themselves. I I really do take it very personally that in a good way that, that these readers are trusting me. You know, they, they pay money to read my books and they give me their time. So basically they've spent twice, you know, and I want to make sure I give you something you can lose yourself in. And when somebody emails me and they say, I stayed up all night reading you know your book. And the first thing I usually say is, oh, I'm sorry you lost sleep. But then part of me is going, you know, and and I guarantee if there's a writer that doesn't at least think that, and and they they deny that they even think that when somebody tells them that they're lying, because every writer loves it when somebody says, you, you made me laugh, you made me cry, that means I did my job, and I am so grateful, you know, that I am able to do this, that you know I have great readers, 
Um, AJ Johnson from the chat room, any advice you would give someone who would like to get into writing erotica? Basically, what I do when I write erotica, and this is, I used to, it's a funny story, quick story, is that I used to swear I would never write romance and erotica, ever. I wasn't going to do it because my idea of romance and erotica was, you know, the old Harlequin bodice rippers. Um, but what I do is I write the story, and I literally, when I'm writing sex scenes, I will put a little set of brackets and I go, insert sex scene here. And if I'm not in the mood to write it, because, you know, let's face it, we're not always in the mood to write sex scenes. you kind of got to be in the mood to write it. And I'll go back. So, But when I'm done, I have a plot. There's too many people that they try to get the people to have sex by page two or five or whatever. And no, contrary to popular belief, none of my publishers say, okay, they have to be having sex by page, whatever. Maybe there's some publishers that do that. Mine don't. And I don't personally know of any that do that. Um, so I always like my books to have a plot so that if I had to trim them down for mainstream release to a closed-door love scene, that I could trim them down and they could still be released. And, yeah, the, the word count would be down, but they would still be a good, meaty story because if there's not a meaty story, then you're not going to have anything. So you know, don't worry so much about the erotica part of it. Worry about your stories because if the story's not there and it's just sex, then it's just porn, you know, and, and anybody can get that anywhere. You the, the trick is to make sure that you have a really good story that fits in um, with everything else that you're doing, and it all merges into a kind of a seamless sort of, you know, and, it, and it's difficult. I mean, it's, it, yeah, there's been nights my husband's come home, though, and, and I'm like, you know, you naked now, and he likes that part of my job, but then there's times I've sat there and going, oh, I don't feel good. I'm on my period. I got cramps. I have to have this manuscript into the publisher. Oh my God, I don't want to write sex right now. I just want chocolate, you know. And and uh, bless my husband's you know heart. He'll come home and throw dark chocolate at me on those nights. He kind of like sticks his head in the door and launches mounds bars at me, um, you know. And it's you know it's fun. I'm not complaining about the job, but I'm just saying it's you know there's too many writers that go. Oh, I'm just going to put sex in here. Boom, and I'm done. And you can't do that. I mean, you really can't. You have to have it worked in there, and it needs to make sense. I caught some flack from a couple readers for Love Slave for Two because they didn't have sex. The girl, the Nevi and, and Tom and, and uh, Tyler didn't have sex until like page 100 and something. I'm like, well, it wouldn't have made sense for them to have sex on page two. Versus in the second Triple Trouble series, you know, Elaine's getting it on with her guys, like I think by page four or something. But, of course, by this point, they have an established relationship. So, yeah, they're going to have sex sooner because it's the sequel. But the first book, I mean, unless there's a reason for them to jump into bed in page two, it's not going to happen, you know. Oh, thank you, Wolf. I appreciate that. Yeah, th that's what I love about your books. That's what Wolf said in the chat room. Thank you. Um, let's see. The happy ever at and uh, Freda says, and a happy ever after at the end of the book. Read one a while ago where the author had one of the main guys die. Well, yeah. That's kind of I, that was something else I struggled with and equated with the night. And I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't read Acquainted with the Night yet, but it that's what sometimes you got to follow the story. And I know I don't always like it, but sometimes you gotta, you know, you really gotta follow the story. And and without having read the book, I mean, it's hard to say. But okay, let's see. Back to the mailbag. Uh, Teresa writes, I'm not as awesome with words like you are. Thank you. But, I mean, don't put yourself down. I you know, I don't like it when people put themselves down. Um, you know, I'm. It's when you write from the heart, it doesn't matter if you have scripts and, and typos. It doesn't matter. Please don't put yourself down, folks, because, I mean, 
I've been doing this for like 25 years now, and I'm finally lucky enough to do it for pay with fiction. I mean, I've been writing nonfiction for a lot of years, so, you know, don't put yourself down. Okay. I love checking your page out to see what you got going to say next. You're my number one top author. No, I'm not sucking up. <laughs> Laugh out loud. It's true. I'm looking forward to hearing you tomorrow night. My question is, will there be a book about Tony from The Reluctant Dom? I know he was also in Dom by default. I would love him to have his own book, please. I love all your books, but this one is my favorite. Thanks, Teresa. Um, yep, he is going to have his own book. It's in progress. It's it's probably going to be sometime next year. I honestly can't give you a date because I'm trying to get some other stuff wrapped up first. Um, it's going to be called The Denim Dom. And I, I can give you a very brief synopsis is Tony actually meets a girl who um, the girl works for a it's set in the Sarasota area, like a lot of my books are set. Um, he meets this, this girl works for a local, um, lifestyle magazine, not lifestyles and BDS, but like, you know, like arts and leisure kind of magazine. And she's assigned, they're doing a whole series on different sexuality topics and her assigned topic was BDSM. So she ends up getting connected with Tony to learn more about the BDSM lifestyle. Well, she's coming from a, um, where she had dumped her fiance who put her deeply into debt from internet porn. So to say that she has some preconceived notions is a very major understatement. So, you know, they but has she's she's got this assignment and she does want to learn, but she doesn't really want to subjugate herself to this. So and he's like doing this because he wants to get good words out. But, you know, he finds himself kind of falling for, even though that's not part of the deal. So he's trying to keep his distance. So they got to kind of work things out between them. So it's going to be interesting. So I'm getting... Um, let's see here. Uh, this one from the mailbag is from Meg. I have questions for your show. Will, you, will your alter ego Leslie be releasing any more books soon? I understand that Lyrical Press is not accepting books from her genre anymore. I hope their Goodwill Hunting series will continue. Will we see any Brimstone books soon? Thanks, Meg. Yes. Um, the Goodwill Ghost Hunting series is going to continue. Um, it is going to be placed with a different publisher. I don't know um, any specific timeline yet um because it uh contractual obligations right now there's you know things you can't say but i i did want to make sure and i've had a lot of requests for goodwill ghost hunting in print because i do have some readers that are print only readers um there's going to be a total right now of six books in the goodwill ghost hunting series um um kind of got myself worked into a plot snafu with the third book uh which my brain is still working on I think I've got it resolved, but I need to finish writing that one because I started writing the third one in that series. The Brimstone Vampire series through Mirror Press, um, there's going to be at least six books in that series, and book three is in progress right now. I don't have a timeline on that because right now I'm trying. My next one in my mental queue is actually I'm working on the Triple Trouble and, and the Love Slave for Two. I kind of work in cycles, and I, I'm kind of at my brain's mercy. So, um, Oh, hi, Sandy, in the chat room. Hi, Sandy, I see you. Um, so answered those. Let's see. Um, do, 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 do. I make sure I didn't miss any. Did I get all those emails? Um, do, 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 do. Yep, I did. Okay, let's see. Life with dogs. I want to spend a couple of minutes on that. I've got four dogs. And I'm a writer, so I work at home. I, this is my evil day job. People say, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a writer. I went, I went to a thing with my husband the other night for, um, a retiring official. And, he knows everybody. I'm just like his wife. We go to one of these events, and I'm like, hi, how you doing? And I just kind of stand there and, and try not to feel mortified that I'm in a crowd because I don't do crowds well. And um, people ask me, oh, what do you do? I say, I'm a writer. Oh, for one of the papers? No. What do you write? Novels. Oh, what kind of novels? 
well, I finally at the point now, I'm like, okay, if they're going to force me to talk, they're going to get the truth. And I go, erotica. And a couple of them were like, oh, that's cool. And some of them were like, oh, it's nice meeting you. Bye. <laughs> so fortunately, none of them asked me to describe the scenarios in them. But some of the people my husband worked with actually know what some of my books are about. They think it's cool. But it's kind of what's, what's awkward is when I have people, oh, oh, I'm working on this book. And it's, it's this. And, and they're like 85 years old. And it's their memoir. And God bless them. They are working on a book. That's great. But memoirs are not my area of expertise, so and I don't want to appear rude. Or they're working on poetry, which is fine because I've done poetry in the past. I've written poetry. But, I, again, it's not my area of expertise, so I really don't have anything to offer them. I mean, if, if they said, I'm working on a book on nuclear physics, I'd be just sitting there nodding my head going, uh-huh, yeah, I can't help you. <laughs> so I'm trying, you know. So that was an interesting conversation. So anyway, I I work from home. We've got four dogs. We have Gidget, who's our littlest one, who's actually propped up here on the bed with me right now. And she's a little chihuahua terrier mix of some sort. We have Scudder, our old guy, who is a black lab. He was um, a career-changed service dog in training. We were his puppy raisers, and he basically flunked. We have Apache, who is Holly's son from her last letter. He's actually a Goldador. He's half lab, which Holly was a lab, and he's half golden retriever. And he also was career-changed from service dog training. And we have Bubbles. And anybody, if you go to my Facebook page and hit the, which the link is there on the blogtalkradio.com backslash Timber Dalton, um, I've got the, fa- you can follow my Facebook, you can see the album, The Crew. So I spend all my time talking to dogs, and they all have voices. You know how, how you talk to your dogs. Well, my dogs have voices, and uh, Giddy talks like this. He has the Gizzy voice, so we talk like this. And Bubbles just doesn't really have a voice. The running joke is Bubbles has her. She is Sheldon to tie this back into the Big Bang Theory. She's also a Sheldon because she has her spot. When we sit on the couch, we're eating dinner on the couch with the TV table. She'll come sit there and look at us like, that's my spot. You're in my spot. And she tries to climb up on the couch with us where we're sitting because that's her spot. doesn't matter if it's a guest. doesn't matter. If, you know, I actually have to put, like, plastic covers on my couch now to protect the couch from smelling like dog. Um, and we have, uh, Scudder is my neurotic boy. He's, he's, uh, going on 12 and he's like, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. I'm a good dog. You know, and that's his voice. And, and Apache, if you saw up the, the dog named Doug, that's Apache. Apache really, it's like, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. You know, so I spend all day talking to the dog. So my husband gets home and he's, a lot of times, the only human contact I've had all day from the time he's left till the time he returns, unless I've had to go out for some reason. And <laughs> so he comes home one night, and I'm walking one of the dogs, and I come into the house. I'm in my SpongeBob pajama pants and my orange Crocs and some sort of T-shirt. And he just kind of stops and looks at me because that's real attractive, honey. I'm like, thanks. You know, this is what I uh, <laughs> this is what I I do all day. So you know, the dogs. I kind of I kind of lack human contact sometimes um i mean i have internet human contact but sometimes it's not the same you know and he was gone to ohio a couple of weeks ago he went up there to visit family and i stayed home with the dogs and <laughs> i've got a friend down here is like i go like i'm stuck with dogs <laughs> he's like it's just a few more days i'm you know and i'd have to go walk him at night and i made the mistake uh one night of watching um uh, the csi uh 
Las Vegas, the episode where the guy in the little creepy latex outfit that does like the spider walk was killing people. And then I had to go outside and walk dogs in pitch black dark. And I'm like, oh, crap. And you heard, she heard noises from the woods across the street from our house. I was like, oh, God. You know, so so life with dogs. And I mean, the good thing about dogs is, though, I wouldn't get out of my chair half the time if I didn't have dogs. You know, I'd be sitting in front of my computer all the time. And we are really running low on time. I have talked a lot more than I thought. We didn't get much on fiber to talk about. Um, cockroaches. I do want to – I promised you, why do cockroaches flip over when they die? There's a couple of different theories about this. I'm posting a link in the chat room right now about straightdope.com. There's a couple of different theories about cockroaches. Um, and I've also got one for UMass. They have a cockroach FAQ, believe it or not, an FAQ. Everything you ever wanted to know or didn't know you wanted to know about cockroaches. General theory is that when they die, um, if they've been killed by a toxin, maybe it's like, uh, you know, nerve, you know, spasms and twitchings and they flip over and they can't get flipped back over and they end up dying because they've been poisoned. Some people say it's aerodynamics. You know, the, the back is all curved and flat and the legs, when they kind of die, they all you know, instead of laying flat, the legs kind of crunch up and so they end up flipping over. So unless, of course, you step on them and then they die squish. So I think that's what you call terminal vertical flattening syndrome or something like that. Um, so that was interesting when I did research on that. And I thought it was even more interesting that other people besides me wanted to know why cockroaches flip upside down when they die. Um Let's see. Oh, thank you, AJ. I just got an email from AJ. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so anyway, uh, that's why cockroaches flip upside down. Basically, is probably one of two reasons. They it's either aerodynamics. You know, they they kind of because they're it's like yeah, you know, they're it's like a like the weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. Well, you know, when they're they're alive and they're running around, they can walk on their legs and then they flip over. You know, when they die. Um, because the legs kind of get scrunched up and they just kind of fall that way. Um, or because they've gotten poisoned and they've been twitching. What made me want to research it? I don't know. I just thought I saw one in my garage dead one day. And I'm like, you know what? It just hit me. I've always seen them upside down. How do they get upside down? You know, why are they upside? Why are they not dying like, you know, right side up? Because, I mean, obviously they wouldn't go on their side because they're kind of, you know, flat. But how would they flip all the way over? Oh, excuse me. And um, so that was kind of why I, I um, started researching it. Like I said, it was kind of weird. I started typing it in and realized that other people had researched it too because of the way that Google, you know, does that. They have the setup so that you can see what other people have uh, have done. Okay, winter time. I'm going to reach into the virtual email bag here and run number generator. It's been the roulette wheel, whatever you want to call it. Michael, lucky, lucky boy, you are the winner of a $5 gift certificate, and I know how to get hold of you, so I will send you that in the next day or so. You're the winner of a $5 gift certificate to Captiva. See if Michael's, yeah, there you are. You're still in the, in the chat room. So congratulations, Michael. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, next uh, Thursday, 10 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel. We're going to talk about BDSM. This is Timber Dalton.
And you have been listening to Oral Lingus with Timber Dalton. Now, the show is going to cut off, but if there's anybody that wants to chat for a few more minutes in the um, chat room, I think the chat room will stay up. I'm not sure if it cuts it off now automatically or not when the show ends. But anything uh, before I actually end it on my end here will still record, and I think the chat room will stay going on. We'll see. But um, like I said, join me Thursday. And then also next Sunday, or not next Sunday, I'm sorry, Sunday the 21st, we're going to have a guest. Um, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's with the um, toinformfamilyfirst.org. It's a nonprofit that you register your information with so that law enforcement can contact your next of kin instead of the newspaper doing it for them. Um, so in case of an accident, they can get a hold of you. So thank you for joining me tonight, folks. I appreciate it. Um, it's been great. And like I said, I'm going to try to hang out here in the chat room for a few minutes. So. Thanks a lot, and see you on Thursday. Okay, it should still be recording my mic. Show is on, but not streaming. Okay, so anybody that's still listening is going to get a little bit of extra here. Let's see. And, uh, yeah, Michael, I'm a winner. Pardon my bandy rooster strut. We will pardon you, dear. And, yeah, that's something else, too. Um, if you miss the show live, you can always download them. As, I'll keep them up as an archive. So one, it usually takes a few minutes to finish processing after the show ends. You can always download them as an archive and listen to them at your leisure. I believe Blog Talk Radio makes them available through um, iTunes, or you can listen to it on the show. Thank <laughs> you.